We are going to continue through Micah. So if you have your Bibles, if you brought them, you can turn them on. Uh, also in front of your seats, you can also find Bibles if you need to. Um, we've been through the summer in Micah. Uh, and we're going to be reviewing today chapter 5. Okay, so you can turn to Micah chapter 5. Now, let me tell you just an, as an introduction, um, I was very excited when uh, Pastor Dave told me that I was going to be doing this message today. Because Micah, uh, you know, is not one of the most known books in the Bible. Uh, but every Christmas, we remember a verse, which is Micah 5, 2, which is uh, what we say about when, where Jesus was going to be born. So every Christmas, that's probably the verse that we, <laughs> that we have in our hearts for the most time, uh, Micah 5, 2. And I was very excited to be able to know that I was going to be preaching on Micah 5. Because let's, let, let, let me be honest, Micah is a, is a hard book. Um, we have seen through the summer, it has been such a blessing for us, but we have seen throughout the summer that Micah in those days, you know, everything was going, everything was uh, very difficult, all the situations that they were going through. They had uh, problems with, uh, in the government. They have people, leaders of the community, the, the book of Micah says that at night they were trying to think on plans to be able to, to take advantage of people. And as soon as they wake up the next morning, they will run out to execute those plans. Um, we saw problems with the government. We saw problems with the leaders. We even saw problems with the church. And we've been through all that. And uh, especially if you saw last week's message it was chapter 4, and it's all about pain and suffering, which is what Dave um, uh, had the message last week. I suggest you, you hear to that one because it's a blessing as well. So when they told me like Micah 5, I'm like, yes! <laughs> Micah 5. Uh, and then when I, when I started preparing the message, I went to the verse number 1, and look what it says. <laughs> it says, now... Muster your troops, O daughter of troops. Siege is laid against us with a rod that they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. So before Micah 2 is Micah 5, 1, and it's a hard verse. <laughs> I was tempted to start this message with only 5, 2, um, but... This verse was so cru crucial for the message that we're going to be reviewing today that we couldn't uh, leave that one aside. And look what it says, because I, I really pay attention to this. It says, uh, now muster your troops, or daughter of troops. So get ready, get your troops ready. Siege is laid against us. So what God is telling them and just, just put yourself on the sandals of those people. They're going through all these problems, all the difficult situations. Everybody's trying to take advantage of everybody. Everybody's for themselves. And, you know, it doesn't matter who you put your trust in, government, leaders, or church. They, they're all taking advantage of the situation. So, you know, it's a very difficult 
uh, season to be living in. And then God says, okay, that's nothing. Just prepare yourself for what is coming. And that's, that's what God is saying to them. And, and they probably say, wow, but we have been through so much lately. We have, we have gone through so many things. And God is telling us that more is to come. So it's, it's a very hard message for them. And he says, siege is laid against us. So what it is, is before when you were going to fight a city, uh, what most countries will do is they will go around the village and they will not allow anybody from that city to come in or to come out. So they will, they will surround the city. And everybody had to do so many changes on their lives when that happened to them. Um, they had to stay home <laughs> for a long time. They couldn't leave their homes or their cities. Um, they had to, you know, if you were working, living on the city, but working outside in the fields, you couldn't go to work. Now you had to work remotely from, from your house. You had to maybe change different jobs, uh, do different things, because of all this was happening. Um, you start having shortages of food, uh, you know, even, even to go out and visit other families, it was very difficult. So, so it was a season that people had to adjust, and, you know, there, there were a lot of changes on that area. And I think we live in a times that we're only also seeing so many issues in our society. You don't know who to put your trust anymore. You don't know who to believe anymore with everything that is going on. And then you add what we went through with COVID and having to stay home and having to adjust works and maybe change or, or having to go to school via Zoom. It has been a very difficult season. Um, so I feel like, you know, spiritually, we have been sick as well. And then he says, with a rod strike, the judge of Israel on uh, the chick. So meaning, they're going to get to you. Uh, so get ready with your troops, but they're going to get to you. And especially right now, especially right now when, when we have been for, for a long time going through this, and so many changes, and now it seemed like we finally were going to get out of this, and things were going to start normalizing, and once again, everything is start. You know, it looks like it's going to start changing again, and, and it's, it's, it has been tough for a long period of time. So, here is the good news. We're going to see in Micah chapter 5, we're going to have a plan. We're going to be able to review what we can do in this situation. I think this is so applicable. The, the blessing of Micah during this season has been so good for our lives and our families. And especially today's message, if you find yourself in, in, in a transition period, not knowing what to do, or, or trying just to, to survive right now this season, and don't know if you can take it, pay close attention to this message, because I know God has something special for us, and He's going to be able to tell us what we can do in this season especially. Okay, so let's get ready. And 
Let's start with point number one. You have on your sermon, uh, you have some notes. Point number one is God has a plan. And look what it says in verse two. This is the most famous verse of Micah. It says, but you, O Bethlehem, um, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is the, the ruler, who is to be the ruler in Israel, who is coming forth and from all from ancient days. Now, this is, this is the same verse that the people of Israel, when the wise men came to town, remember that Jesus was born? They were following a star, and then they came to town, and they came to Herod, and they asked him, where is the Messiah? Where, where, where is he born? And then he went to the people that knew the Bible and, and studied the Bible and asked them the same question. Where is he supposed to be born? And they refer to this same very verse, saying he is supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Okay? So this is the verse. But that, that was happening right at the moment. When God and when Micah told this to the, to the people, happened, like Dave just told us last week, 700, about 700 years before it came to fruition. So... Not only God is telling the people that there is hope and there is a Messiah that is going to be coming, but also he, he's in a sense saying, I have a plan for everything that is happening. I have a plan. So it's not like all this is happening and it just took me by surprise. Or it's not like, um, I don't know what's going to happen next. God knew what was going to happen 700 years from that day, from when he was telling that message. And he, here is the problem that we sometimes face, is that we go through difficult situations and we forget that God knows everything that is going to happen in the future. But he has, I mean, he still knows and he not only knew what was going to happen back then, but in our own situations, he knows what's coming ahead. And if he's allowing something in your life, if he's allowing a change or an adjustment in your life, it's because he has a plan. And we have to remember that. We have to remember that God is for us. He loves us. He loves us so much that he gave his own son, the one that is prophesied over here, for us to be able to have a new relationship with God. And he, he gave the thing that he loved the most because he wanted us, us to be able to have a relationship with him. So just know that in, in the situations that you're going through, God also knows but what is better yet is that he knows what is going to happen. And maybe in your difficult situation, I'm not trying to say, don't worry about it. Everything is going to be okay. Uh, just, just go on and put a smile on your face. If something that we can relate all here is we all go through different situations. We all go through different difficult situations as well. Um, but you feel the pain differently 
in your situation than what I can see looking from the outside. So I'm not trying to say what you're, what you're going through is don't worry about it, uh, don't even stress about it. What I'm trying to say is we have to remember that God has a plan. And he knows the future. He knows what's going to happen to us. So maybe these people that were just listening the words from Micah, they were saying, yeah, but what's going to happen? You know, a Messiah might come way before or way after I die or, or after my situation. But even though... Uh, they didn't probably see it in the midst of the problem. God still was in control. And that's what, is, what we have to remember. That it doesn't matter what difficult situation we're going through. God is with us and he's for us. And he wants the best for all of you. And if he allowed a situation, it's because it's best for you. So he has a plan in the middle of everything that is going through. Let me read verses uh, 3 through 6. He says, Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Listen to this. And he shall be their peace. When the Assyrians come into our lands and treads, in our palaces, then we will rise against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men. They shall shepherd the land of Assyria with the sword and the land of Nimrod as it its entrance, at its entrance. And he shall deliver us from the Assyrian when he comes into our land and treads uh, with our border. So, what he's saying is, uh, last week Dave was talking about the town of, uh, or the nation of uh, Babylon. And they were going to attack Israel. But then after that, it was going to be the Assyrians. So it, was, it wasn't going to be only Babylon and then everything is going to be fine. And, but then after the, the Babylonians, then the Assyrians will come. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, I don't know if, if it's true to you guys, but sometimes we feel that when problems come our way, it's not only one, but it's like on all different angles that we're facing different problems. But God is still in control in the midst of that situation as well. He knows what is going on. And what is wonderful and, and, and beautiful is that God says that he will not allow something in your life that you cannot stand. So if, if you're going through something that is difficult, for sure God knows that you're going to be able to resist that situation. Now, it might be very difficult in our own strength, and that's why we need God's strength. 
That's exactly what he's saying about the Messiah. He's going to come and he's going to bring peace to your life. The same is for us. I mean, we went through the COVID, uh, all the, the, the Babylon, and now the Assyrian, the, the, the COVID Delta is, is facing us again in, in our midst. But still know that God is in control. He knows what is, what is going to happen. And if he has allowed this situation in everybody's, it's because he has a plan and he will do something greater in our lives. The people that trust him, the people that are able to say, God, I know this is a difficult situation, but I also trust in what you're doing. So don't forget that he has a plan and he's going to bring peace uh, to our lives. Uh, it doesn't rain forever. There is going to be a day that, that we're going to be able to see the sunshine. So that's number one. Remember, God has a plan for everything that happens in your life. He has a plan. So uh, just, just trust him on that situation. Then number two, what we can do is don't give up. Because sometimes when we have so many situations coming into our lives, it's easy to give up. I remember in the 90s, towards the end of the 80s and the 90s, um, for all of you that are maybe my generation before, you might remember this. Um, there was a, an insurance company that had some commercials go out on TV, and they were saying, you are in good hands. I don't know if you remember those, those commercials. You are in good hands. There is no better hands to be in when you're going through difficult situation than in God's hands. What happens is when different situations come our lives and we're facing all these issues, all these problems, we tend to do two things. One of them is try to fix everything for ourselves. And we try to control the whole situation. And we have to be very careful with that. I'm not saying that you should, you know, just rest and don't do anything. We have to do our part. But remember that we are in God's hands. And ultimately, he's in control. And he wants the best for us. We can rest in that. So what we need to do is do our best, but also trust in God. Keep the faith. Don't forget about God. I mean, you can be going through, through a very difficult situation, and you might say, I have done everything right. I have done everything that God has been telling me to do. But still, I have all these issues. And I haven't been able to get out of all these problems. Why this happens to me? Don't give up. Um, my, my grandson just remind me of something. Um, he was uh, this, this past weekend with, with us at the house. And my wife uh, prepared some delicious... I'm going to give you a, a word in Spanish. If you're able to conquer this word, you'll be fluent in Spanish. I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, she made this bread uh, from Colombia called almohabanas. Almohabanas. 
is, a, is I mean, it's like heaven on food. <laughs> uh, these breads that have cheese and they're like have dumps and it's fluffy and you can take it with whatever you want, even with water, they're delicious. And uh, my grandson, he came to the house and he saw the almohabanas. And he wanted to, uh, he already had them before. And he already, I mean, he's only like a year old, a year and a half. And he wanted to have them. He already knows what is good. <laughs> he wanted to have them. And then he started asking my wife for them. Uh, but she did it the, the, the morning, in the morning. So she needed to heat up these almohabanas. And he started crying because he wanted the almohabanas right now. And he started crying. And it was like a desperate cry. And, you know, it, my wife, was Claudia, was saying, like, give me a second. I'm going to warm this up. If you try them like this, it's going to be really hard. You're not going to like them. So let me just put them on the microwave. And it's going to be delicious. It's going to be the best thing that you ever tried. But he didn't, he didn't understand that. He's just a little baby, a little boy. So he wanted it right now. And he was crying desperately. And those 20 seconds that it takes to, to heat up those in the microwave, it was like an eternity for him. But once he got a warm-up almohabana, he was in heaven. He was full of joy. He was uh, it, it, it was very nice to see with his big smile, and he was, I don't want to talk about more that anymore because I'm going to get hungry, but, but he was satisfied, and it was the best thing that could happen. And maybe if my wife says, okay, you don't want to wait, then try it this way, he will probably bite it and just throw it away because it's not the same. And sometimes it's the same with us. Sometimes God is warming up something very special, very beautiful, very delicious for our lives. And we're desperate and we're crying. And, and that, those 20 seconds seems like an eternity. But he wants the best for us. And that's why don't give up. We have to realize that we're in the best hands possible. That that. It doesn't matter what happened. He still loves us. He still wants to give us the best. Something very special happened this week. Um, as well, we have been for, for the entire summer with the youth. We were going to go to Hume Lake for summer camp. They have been doing fundraisers. They have been doing so many great things. And I got a call Friday night, it was like around 8 o'clock or something like that, saying that Hume Lake was closing due to COVID and everything that was going to happen, and that our summer camp was canceled. Um, and, you know, my heart, you know, felt for all the youth that had been so doing so many things and, and the expectations that they had. And, and we as a church, the expectations that we had also for them is amazing. But we had about 30, 30 kids going to, to youth camp. And it was going to be amazing. And it was going to be Matt's introduction to, to all the kids. 
uh, he was going to go in his first week with all the kids uh, into Hume Lake, and it was going to be amazing. And then this happened. And I was in the middle of uh, finalizing this message. And God reminded me, don't worry, I still have a plan. Don't, I mean, he wants the best for us. Maybe, just maybe, that trip, if, if, if it was for our own strain and, and going over there, maybe something was going to happen. So we have to trust what God is doing. We did our best. Youth did their best, and, and they did everything, and they put their whole heart in it. But then we rely on God. And this is what is best. We continue to trust in him. Now, it doesn't mean that everything is canceled. We're working with the staff and um, uh, we're, we're going to be doing something very special. It's not going to be Hume Lake. We we're have a couple of options that we're reviewing right now. And I know we're still going to have a great time. And, and I know it's going to be the best for them. We just need to trust God. We need to trust that we are in his good hands. Amen? So be praying for that. Um, it doesn't mean, like I say, it doesn't mean that everything has been canceled or anything like that for the youth. Um, we're still going to do it something that week. It's not going to be Hume Lake. You know, there is a couple very exciting options that we're reviewing, making sure that everything is available. But we're still going to do something very special. So um, don't, don't, don't think that it's been canceled. But we're going to trust God in this. And I know it's going to be a blessing, a blessing for them as well. So, don't give up. Uh, look, look what it says on verse 7. It says, Then the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass, which delay not for a man, nor wait for the children of man. Of man. It says, the remnant. The remnant. You know what that word means? It means the people that don't give up. It means the people that they continue to trust in God. God is saying that he's going to be like the, like the mist uh, of the dew. Like he's going to be so refreshing. And what he's going to be doing is going to be so special. Um, but we just got to continue to trust him and, and trust what he's doing. So the people that don't give up, the people at the end that continue to stay with God and continue to trust him, those are the ones that are going to reap all the benefits that he has for us. If we were to try to escape our situation, if we were trying to just put it under the rock, then maybe, just maybe, consider this. You're missing God's best. Maybe you're missing something that he has for you, but you just have to be patient. And you have to know that he's still in control. So the blessing that comes through that is by not giving up. There is nothing that is going to be better for your life than being on God's hands. I don't care what system, I don't care the, the person that is promising you, continue to trust in God. Now, it might be easier for me to say continue to trust in God, 
and I'm not in your situation. So I want to finish with this, with the third point. How can we continue to trust God? Because when the bills comes and there is no time, you know, there is desperation. If, if you're dealing through something that is very, very difficult, we, we have some people in the church that are dealing with a lot of different things. Some are very, very difficult. We have some people that are, you know, battling for their lives right now, literally. Um, we have people that right now have COVID, and they're going through all that. And we have been praying for that. We have people that have lost their jobs and, you know, trying to change careers because now what they used to do is, is not being done anymore. Um, we have, you know, everything that is going on with the kids at the school and everything that is going to happen. So, so many different situations that are going on right now. But remember, the blessing is to be able to continue to trust God uh, until the end. How can you do that? Well, that's the third step, is obey God in the present. Obey God. There was a study from Stanford University, which really amazed me. It says 85% of all our thoughts uh, that we have through our lives, 85% are either thoughts regarding the past or regarding the future. And only 15% are regarding the present, what to do right now in this situation. Only 15%. Now, what, what is very, very sad is that out of all our thoughts, regardless of what you're thinking, 80% are negative thoughts. So imagine that most of your thoughts, you're thinking negative things about the past, something that happened, or negative things that something that is going to happen in the future, that you don't know what is going to happen. So all, all that to say that we don't spend time on the present. There is nothing you can do anymore about the past. And listen to this. We have no control over the future. The only control that we might be able to have is on the present. What you do in the present is going to affect what is going to happen in the future. So why spend 85% of our time in the past or in the, in the future when the only thing that you can do that you can really control is the present? We have to be more intentional on the things that we do in the present because that's what is going to affect your future. That's, that's what is going to be your best option, your best bank for the buck. Look how he closes Micah this chapter. Um, and listen to me right now. It might seem like a, like a harsh passage, uh, 10 to, through 15, but if you pay close attention, it's actually a blessing for us. So, so let's, let's read it. He says, and in that day, declares the Lord, I will cut off your horses from among you and will destroy your chariots. And I will cut off the cities of your land and throw down all of your strengthholds. And I will cut off uh, sor sorceries 
from your hand, and you shall have no more tellers of future. And I will cut off your carved images and pillars from among you, and you shall bow down no more to the work of your hands. And I will root out your Assyrian images from among you and destroy your cities. And in anger and wrath, I will execute vengeance on the nations that did not obey. Pay close attention to this. He's saying that he's going to be destroying some things. But if you look carefully at the things that he's going to destroy, he's going to destroy the things that are destroying us. So in reality, he's doing something for us. He's doing something beautiful in the process. He says that he's going to take all the idols, all the images. He's going to take everything that is going to take our eyes from the Lord. So he's going to remove all that when the time comes. He's going to even remove, he says, the horses and the chariots, everything that is used for war, because it's not going to be needed anymore. Because we're going to have peace in the midst of everything that is in our lives. So he's going to remove everything that is going to uh, um, uh, not allow us to fix our eyes on him. He's removing that. But let me put that verse again. The last verse is, look at what it says. And in anger, in wrath, I will execute vengeance on the nations that did not obey so the blessings that are going to come your life are key the key to be able to get those blessings is obedience i'm telling you i did not grow as much as a christian as when i started obeying what god was putting in my heart It's one thing to come here and listen to God's word, and that's good because the word of God says that the faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But after that, if I'm just giving you a message that, you know, might sound funny or or good or, or whatever it is, but you don't put it into action, for me, it's just entertainment, The blessing comes when you guys put into action, when you guys obey what God is telling us in our lives. And I don't know what exactly he's telling you because he has a different plan for each one of us. So he might be telling you different things. Um, But we have to be able to uh, listen what, and be expecting what he's trying to tell us and then put it into action. How do you do that? I love the people that come here and I see them taking notes because that means not only that they, they love to hear what God has for them, but if they are like me and like most of the people, once we go out of this building... You forget everything about the message. You are tomorrow in in a hard situation, and you forgot what God was telling us to do. And when you take notes, at least you're able to review your notes. And there is something special. Once you you pass your thoughts into words, you're better to remember that. So, So take notes. When you're having your devotional time, when God is speaking to you, Um, Take notes 
of uh, the special things that he's trying to tell you. So you can put it into action that day. How God can speak to you, well, there is different ways. There is the way that we give a message and you're able to receive it and you say, yes, that makes sense. I'm going to do it. Sometimes, like me, it's like I read something in the morning. Then my wife tells me to do the same thing. Then my coworkers tell me to do the same thing. And then I talk to Pastor Dave and says, okay, you should do this. Okay, God, I get it. Okay, I'm going to put this into action. So you might, you might even get confirmation. But something that is beautiful, the more time that you spend with God, you're able to be able um, to get this as well. Sometimes you're going through difficult situations. Sometimes you're going through specific situations. And without you even thinking about it, you remember a verse. A verse from the Bible. Now, keep, let's, let's take a moment to, to just review this. Because when that happens, ultimately, the verses of the Bible are God's word. So if you are remembering some a verse, God is speaking to you. Imagine that blessing. And if it's uh, specific to a particular situation, that means that the Spirit of God is bringing something to your memory that you can apply in that particular moment. It's amazing how many times you are able to experience this throughout even the day. That, you know, some, somebody comes to you asking for, for some help. I'm like, oh, what am I going to tell this person? I have no idea. And then you start listening to that person. And then God puts a verse on your mind. And then you say, look, I, I, I don't know how to help you in this situation. But this is something that I remember about what the Bible says for, for that. And then that person says, okay, that's exactly what I was looking for. When you're going through, through a situations that you don't know what to do, if you, you don't know what to do, take a right, a left, uh, go backwards, um, and then God's bring into your memory a verse that is applicable, remember that that's God speaking to you. Put it into action because there is nothing else to be able to trust in and to know that we are in good hands that, than applying what God has for your life. So keep that in mind. Obey is the key to be able to get all the blessings. Let's concentrate on the future, on the now. What happened, happened. Ask God for forgiveness if it's necessary. Ask, uh, or, or tell God, uh, give him thanks or worshiping him for for that that happened. What is in the future might be very intimidating, but remember, you are in good hands. God is for you, and he wants the best for you. So what to do? Obey in the present. That's where you're going to get all the blessings that God has in store for you. Let me pray. I'm going to invite the band right now. Let me pray. Before we start the message, we, there was this beautiful song about the blessings of God. And what a blessing it is to be able to have God in our lives. To be able to trust Him in everything. Out of testimony, 
Um, this morning I woke up at 4 a.m. in the morning to be able to bring my son to SFO. He was living again to Michigan. For the fifth time I've, I've been doing this. And it doesn't get any easier. Uh, he's in college over there. But I remember the first time that that happened. God gave me a promise. He said, the same way that I've taken care of you, I'm going to take care of him. And today I can say that he has uh, done uh, that promise in his life. And my prayer this morning was, today is the last time that I'm going to be doing this. It's his last year in college. He's going to be coming back next, next year. I continue to trust you. I know you gave me that blessing. I know you gave me that word. I continue to trust you. And there is no better hands that I can put my son in, but in the good hands of God. When we are in, God, in God's hands, we are in good hands. Father, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the blessings that you have already done in our lives. There have been situations where we were desperate. We were crying out to you. We didn't know what to do. And you came through, Lord. Thank you for those moments. There have been situations where we have made some mistakes. And we ask for your forgiveness. There are situations in the future that might be too big or, or we don't even know what to do. There are changes in our lives that we're going through and we're scared because it's something that is out of the norm that what we should be doing or what we were doing before. And it's scary sometimes. But God, I know that you are for us and we couldn't be in better hands. We as a church continue to trust you in everything. Continue to trust you in, in the plans that you have for us continue to trust you with our youth and the plans that you're going to have for them just coming up in the next week or so and we as some families and individuals continue to trust just give us the strength to be able to obey your word and continue to put into practice those things that you bring to our lives I just pray a blessing towards this church and I just put them in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.